Hey everybody, Jen Hatmaker here, your host of the For the Love podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Today's fun. We have a bonus episode of For the Love. So I just recently saw a movie that was just so dear, was such a really important underlying message that I thought I'd pop into your podcast feed and tell you about it. The movie's called Two Hearts. You might've heard me talk about it already. It's just come out in theaters and it's what I, I think what I like about it's true story and it's hope and it's community and it's love and it's, it's feelings. You're going to feel feelings. And I bet I mean that in the best possible way. I'll tell you briefly about it. So two hearts centers around two couples. So in the first couple, Chris is a college freshman and he falls for his classmate, Sam, and just she helps him kind of find this purpose that he is looking for. And then we travel back in time and we meet a super suave man named Jorge who falls for a flight attendant named Leslie. And so here's the thing. These two couples are never supposed to meet, but fate intervened because Chris and Jorge in the movie and in real life will be forever linked through organ donation. Because from the time he was a young boy, Jorge suffered from a lung disease. He could hardly breathe. And then in 2008, Chris, the 19-year-old college student, lost his life to a brain aneurysm. But he was an organ donor. And his organs went to five different people and his lungs went to Jorge. After he had been on the organ donation list for years. So at age 64... Jorge finally really took his first good breath. And for the next 12 years, Jorge worked to honor Chris's gift. And he became an absolute champion for organ donation. And He and his wife, Leslie, gave gifts for organ donation research and created this incredible hospitality house at the Mayo Clinic Hospital in Jacksonville, Florida, for patients specifically who are recovering from organ donation or cancer treatments. And they named it the Gabriel House in honor of Chris, who Jorge called his own personal angel Gabriel. So it's just a, this movie is like a powerful testimony for a lot of things, but, but specifically here for the gift that organ donation can be. And so I actually have a guest today who will be speaking into the very life-giving power of organ donation. And I can't wait for you to meet him. From the moment he entered the world, Michael Kutcher has overcome just unbelievable challenges. He was born in Cedar Rapids as the unexpected twin of someone you probably already know, a little fella named Ashton Kutcher. So Michael Kutcher entered the world much smaller than his twin Ashton at less than five pounds, hardly responsive, struggled to take his first breath. Michael pulled through his first days and weeks, although not without lasting effects. By three, he was battling a lot of significant issues. He was diagnosed with several palsy before he entered kinder, and then he had a life-saving heart transplant as a teenager, which he and I are going to talk about at length today. And like Jorge, Michael has now worked to create a, not just a future for himself, but an advocate for others. He is an incredible advocate and public speaker for reaching for the stars in the cerebral palsy community. He has shared his story on Capitol Hill, the CDC, the National Institute of Health. And when he's not advocating, Michael lives in Denver, where he has built a successful career as an assistant vice president for the Transamerica Corporation. I loved, loved hearing him talk today. So again, look at this beautiful life that organ donation has given to the world. 
And Michael obviously loves the Two Hearts movie as much as I do. So we're going to talk a little bit about his story and how it parallels with what we watched on screen. He is delightful. He is charming. The impact his life has had on the world since his organ donation 29 years ago is immeasurable. What a testament to the power of this gift. I'm so pleased to share my conversation with Michael Kutcher. Okay, Michael, I am delighted to welcome you to the For the Love podcast. And I do want my listeners to know that just before we started recording, that you asked me directly, what is my favorite 90s country song? And I just want that credit in your account right now. Well, first of all, Jim, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your show. You know, if you indicate in your blog, which I read, that you're a big 90s country fan, you got to be ready to to pull out that, that favorite song. Oh, yes, yes. Listen, you get all the credit for that. I pulled out a Trisha Yearwood. You pull out a Toby Keith. It works. We like we know our genre. Should have been a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I really loved learning about you and reading about you so much, Michael. And having done so, I now realize that I am talking to probably one of the most resilient people on the planet. And so for my listeners who are meeting you today for the first time, would you talk a little bit about your story, especially sort of leading up to receiving a heart transplant and then kind of everything that transpired afterwards? Will you just kind of high level your story for, for us? Sure. So I think my story, you know, in that regard, in, in terms of the surgery and, and my teenage years, prior to that, my, my life was faced with some challenges. You know, I was born with cerebral palsy, a motor disability, and I grew up, you know, with some challenges around that. But I think the highlight of my struggles, if you want to call them struggles, was when I was entering my teenage years. So I was 13 years old, just your, your typical eighth grade student going through life, trying to figure out who he was and everything that comes along with being 13. And I, I suddenly got ill. So it, it was a, an illness where, much like the flu, we thought that it was you know, something that, that I would get over and that time would pass. But over about a week, I wasn't getting better. So my mom we went to the hospital and had some tests run. And I was told that you know, from an x-ray, they could tell that my, my heart was four times the size of a, a normal heart. Wow, gosh. Yeah. So that led to more tests, more specialists, visiting with cardiologists. And I was essentially diagnosed with viral myocarditis, which essentially means a, a virus is attacking your heart and inflaming it. And I was told that I needed a heart transplant. And that was the start of the journey. And at that point, I was told I had two, three weeks to live. Wow. Oh, wow. And about two to three weeks from the first diagnosis, I just went into cardiac arrest. And once that occurred, 
I was placed on a ventricle pump. So you can only be on the ventricle pump for 48 hours. You know, once I was put on the, the pump, it took about 24 hours to, after being on the, the transplant list to find find donor for me. Your surgery was about eight hours. And of course, you've all the logistics involved. You got to, you know, go in and recover the, the organ and transport it to Iowa, where I was at the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics. And that's about an eight hour surgery. But what's remarkable is once you recover and you're out of surgery, they have you up and walking in two or three days. So it, it's very crazy. And through that time period, I was able to have full recovery. And here I sit, you know, 29 years post-transplant and enjoying every minute of it. And just, you know, your, your views change when you go through something like that. Sure. And your appreciation changes mm-hmm. and you get to accomplish things that you never thought that you'd be able to accomplish. So, I mean, sincerely, just you're just like a walking miracle. So I'd like to hear, and you're kind of alluding to this, I'd like to hear you parse it out a little bit more if you would, because I'd like to, to talk about how the gift of organ donation obviously didn't just change your health clearly give you life, but the way you look at life and your role in the world, you just mentioned that kind of, it changes you fundamentally. It changes your perspective. It changes your, the long look at your life. Can you talk about sort of what that built inside of you for the long haul? Yeah, I think it builds a mentality of, you know, the way that you view things in shorter timeframes. Right, so you you have dreams and ambitions to maybe do things five years out, but your mentality changes to think of what can I get done this year, what can I get done this month and today, and now that I've gotten you know twenty nine thirty years out, I I feel more comfortable looking at longer term goals and and aspirations, but it it really makes you kind of hone in and focus on what's important to you and who's important to you in your life. I mean, when I was 13, I have, you know, I have a twin brother and I have an older sister and and at 13 years old, my brother and I, we were just at each other's throats. You typical 13 year old siblings. And I'll never forget the day in the recovery room when they came in my recovery suite and I saw them for the first time in, in two weeks. And it wasn't the name calling. It wasn't yelling, the screaming. It was an emotional moment where you're looking at your siblings and all you can say is, I love you. You know, you matter to me. And I'm sorry for what may have occurred. But moving forward, this is what's important to me. So it gives you perspective on everything the individuals in your life, the goals you have, the importance of things. I feel, I believe, we live in a society of of always wanting the next best thing and always wanting the materialistic things. You know what? I'm just glad I woke up. Yeah. You know, I'm just glad I got one more day. Yeah. And what's interesting about the pandemic we're all going through is I think that 
a lot of people are feeling this type of perspective. And I think it's a good perspective to have on life. Yeah, me too. And, and how you treat other people, what people mean in your lives. And also, I'm hoping that it gives a greater appreciation of how can I get back to others? Yeah, it's like the gift of a crisis. I mean, we would never choose the crisis, but truly walking out with that sort of perspective shift in hand. I mean, look at you. It's been 29 years and you still have it. Like it changed your life. We're all doing a lot more online shopping than we used to. And listen, I have a super cool tool you'll want to use while you shop online, especially now that we're getting close to the holidays. It's called Honey. Honey is a free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and automatically applies the best one available at checkout. It's basically your online shopping best friend. Here's how it works. You can get Honey on your computer for free in two easy clicks by going to joinhoney.com slash for the love. Then when you're checking out on one of Honey's 30,000 supported sites, Honey pops up and all you have to do is click apply coupons. If Honey finds working codes, it'll apply the best one to your cart. I like cannot believe how easy Honey is to use. I was looking for a like a neutral nail polish on Ulta's website and found this gorgeous pale pink color called Ballet Slippers from Essie. And Honey popped up and let me know I could save 20% using a coupon code. Win! So it's simple. If you have a computer, Honey should be on it. It's free and works with whatever browser you use. You can get Honey for free today at joinhoney.com slash for the love. Okay? Joinhoney.com slash for the love. All right, back to our show. To this movie. I mean, I know that you love the movie Two Hearts. I do too. Why? I mean, I, I think there's some real obvious connections here, but what do you like about this movie? What for you specifically rings true in the story that you feel like they got this right? This is worth paying attention to. This is worth watching. This is worth hearing. Yeah. Two Hearts is a beautiful story. I'm kind of a sucker for romantics, romantic films. So it caught me right away, but it definitely takes you for a twist. Setting out, I knew that this story involved a story around organ donation, but I didn't realize the the story that it would depict, how you would have two lives intertwined by the gift of, you know, the generosity of, of one family. And you asked me where, where the story got it right. The story got it right on, on a multiple reasons not only factually, kind of the process and how organ donation might might work from a recipient or a donor perspective. But what really touched me and resonated with me was the the emotional aspect of the the process. You know, of course I'm on the recipient side and so I could relate a little bit more with Jorge and his wife Leslie and what they were going through. But the, the amount of appreciation that Jorge and Leslie have and what they've been able to give to more and more people through their generosity, that, that was real, you know? And, and I think that the, the movie did a good depiction of that. And I think that it's, 
it's all it's also a reminder of of what the gift of life can not only do for the individual but for others around that individual and for the gift doesn't just stop when you receive your transplant and if it does you're in the wrong frame of mind because i mean if you look at the gifts that i've had in my life the number one gift i've i've received since my transplant is my 16 year old boy so would it never happened right he wouldn't be with us today if it wasn't for the generosity of of my donor. So my donor gave two lives. Yeah. And it'll keep going. When your son has a son, I just, it's it's generations, like impacted. It is. It is. And, you know, the the ability for me to give back to others, the ability for Jorge and Leslie to have done what they've done with Gabriel's house and give back to others, it's amazing. So... As we kind of wrap it up here, Michael, let's say that somebody's listening right now and they're 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 not an organ donor, but they might might be on the fence about signing up to be one. What would you tell them? And where can they go to both learn more and then ultimately to sign up to be a a donor? Yeah. So there's a, a multiple uh, areas that they can go to. I mean, I think the easiest is just registerme.org through Donate Life and they can go out there and they can sign up to be an organ donor. I think that a lot of people realize that you can go to your local DMV as well. So there's multiple areas that that you can search out to, to get on that registry list. But I think the most important part of your question is, is why? And why if you have someone on the fence? And I just want to express the impact that you can have on someone's life on a multitude of lives by giving the gift of life. And it doesn't need to be preceding your death either. There's a living organ transplant that, you know, whether it's a a kidney, right? Tissue transplants. There's a lot of things that you can do and it's important to the thousands of people waiting on the on the, the list, right? And, and the goodwill that they can share with your generosity. I am so thankful for you and so just honored to have you on the show today. So glad to hear about your story. Really proud of you for the advocacy work that you've chosen to use your life for. And that your story, again, it's not even just that it, has impacted you and your individual personal family, but like all the people that you have since had a major profound effect on in your life and in your work and what a huge gift. And so listeners will have all of this linked, everything Michael and I talked about to the movie, to the websites, one-stop shop for you. So you can find out more information about all of it. And Thank you for coming on the show today. And I will send you a wonderful playlist of 90s country for your enjoyment as an enormous thank you. (laughs) Great to meet you, Michael. Great to meet you as well, Jen. Thank you for having me on. Everybody, hope you enjoyed that. Hey, well, I've got you here. I want you to know that November 
is National Donor Sabbath. So that's a time when faith leaders, donor families, and transplant recipients share about the huge need for more organ, eye, and tissue donors, and how these gifts have a huge impact on families in the most beautiful ways. Two Hearts is partnering with Donate Life America because, as you can see, this story is a testament to the life-changing gifts that organ donation can bring to someone else. Like I said, if you go to jenhatmaker.com, under the podcast tab, we will have all of this linked. More about Two Hearts the Movie, more about organ donation, where you can learn about it, where you can sign up for it, and some of Michael's really powerful work too. So it'll be a one-stop shop for you. And he was just a delightful person. I constantly marvel at who I get to meet on this podcast. And so... Thanks for being here this week. Hope you enjoyed the bonus episode and see you again next time, guys. Mm-hmm.